time. And that's kind of been the quest of eternal improvement and uh, a little bit of an Alice in Wonderland, because as we've learned more and see more, we always have so much more to learn and see and understand. You're listening to Sunny Side Up, a B2B podcast that brings you the juiciest insights from go-to-market leaders and practitioners. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Sunny Side Up. I'm your host, Lisa Josephson. Today, I'm super excited to talk to Wasim Kawa about unlocking the power of real-time insights and customized flows to transform customer experience. Wasim Kawak is the Global Vice President of Digital Experience at Securitas Technology, previously Stanley Security, a division of Stanley Black & Decker. His focus is on unique opportunities created for one-to-one connections in the digital space on the customer's terms, available anytime and anywhere. He's privileged to lead a team that spans all of the key digital marketing disciplines, from user design and content to AI systems and analytics. Previously, he worked with brands such as Bose, Dell, and Rite Aid on their digital innovation. Wasim, I'm really excited to talk to you. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Lisa. Excited to uh, talk to the Sunnyside crowd. Great. Um, So you have very interesting career path from working in finance and the public sector to now creating great digital experiences. Could you shed some light on your exciting journey for our listeners? Yeah. So, I mean, I started in investment banking on the trading side of the business. So I worked at Deutsche Bank in London and then Society General in New York City. And they were both very exciting roles in a high-paced, high-moving industry. And I loved it while I was there, but I was in marketing undergrad and that was kind of always my passion. So I went back and got my MBA, really focused on emerging technologies um, and emerging markets. So having lived and studied in Cambridge and in Moscow and in India, uh, I really fell in love with digital marketing. Um, And, you know, when I started in that field, there wasn't the ability to kind of work within a company at that point. It was a lot of agencies and maybe new startups that even had a digital function. So kind of had to learn it all soup to nuts uh, from web development to paid search and so forth to work at an agency. Um, and it was restarting the career and, and that's how I got started and then kind of really fell in love with user experience and customer journey mapping and analytics and being able to see things in real time. And that's kind of been the quest of, uh, eternal improvement and, uh, a little bit of an Alice in Wonderland because as we've learned more, um, and see more we always have so much more to learn and see and understand. Um, I think as marketers and as, as professionals as a whole, but especially if you're in the digital experience space, there's not a day that goes by that you won't learn something new and you won't have to revisit the way you look at a, at your current customer journey, your current customer experiences, because that voice of the customer is your real product. That's your real differentiator. So true. So true. 
Um, could you tell our listeners how Stanley Security transformed its site experiences to be more focused and journey-driven and share what was the trigger yeah. event that led you to embark on this change? Yeah, I mean, so we, like many brands, had really set up around Google Analytics and Search Console and doing a lot of journey maps. And that's all fine and great. And I think those are the meat and potatoes. But then we really got into chat. So we put chat on the site because I had gone to a meetup years ago around CX and people were like, this is the thing. I was not a big fan of it at all, but I said, you know what, let's, let's try it out and see where it goes. Um, and we immediately, we started getting hundreds of chats every week. So what we started to realize is a lot of what's coming to the site, you know, your, your search console statistics and your Google analytics. They're actual customers uh, with real needs that we can further customize, right? Because I think for a long time, the belief, and, and many still hold it, is that the website is kind of um, an interactive brochure, right? Or is your doormat to the, the world uh, of the brand. And the reality of it is it is an interactive, living, breathing product, um, where you can learn quite a bit. So chat taught us different intent paths. Chat taught us where we were having bottlenecks in the business. Chat taught us how to connect the experiences better, right? Between chat and marketing automations, we were able to really get into a better understanding of the personalized flows we needed and when to use um, live agents versus um, automations and what resulted there is the ability to start to really rethink our experiences right so we we sit down we have three primary principles how do we make something scalable but really how does that work within a simple connected and frictionless approach right because that is what true customer experience or digital experience should be like right when you have your netflix account how many times have you had to talk to netflix for instance right it should just be that and where the customer expectations have moved in a post-covid world is uh, anytime anywhere on my time right um, so the idea of just business hours that's that's behind us lisa um, it is that 24 7 and how we keep that in motion at all times and just like Today, you probably eat chicken. Tomorrow, you'll, you'll eat, I don't know, a salad. Customer expectations change just like that. So you always have to monitor in real time, understand it, and pivot. That's where we started. You're right. I'm sure this insight's very helpful to our audience. Um, could you share some of the challenges that one could encounter on this journey? Yeah, I think one of the top things to remember is the customer is outside of your organization. Uh, and it's really easy to have an echo chamber of I want, I need that comes internally as opposed to an outside-in approach to things. Um, so even if we look at things like design components, every single one of our design components that goes into our design language is tested with the user, preference tested, and then we choose the one that the users prefer, and that's what enters the language. And that's done for every single component. And I encourage everyone here to kind of rethink 
um, the way you are coming to market with things. Is it really a truly customer-centric approach? Have you tested it outside in? Or have you gotten to the point of Frankensteining it and kumbayaing it? And we know when you Frankenstein and everyone comes to an agreement on something, it's a design by concession. It's an experience by concession. And so it will fail by concession as well. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, how did you bring about all the global stakeholders to bring about this transformation? How did you bring them all together? It's strip feeding. We started with um, over 100 websites. We started with a lot of different platforms and we started to standardize. We got down to one site from 100. We got down to a gold set of platforms we wanted to use. But the big piece of it was governance and culture and being able to prove the value of things. Chad was a great way to get uh, wins on the board quickly because no one can dispute what's coming through. Uh, building, building the voice of customer and starting to work with the stakeholders, just because we weren't aware necessarily from a marketing perspective where our customer pain points were, doesn't mean other team teams within our org didn't, right? So they were enthusiastic that finally someone was helping customer service, was helping product, was helping these areas. So we were able to really make champions of other teams and other stakeholders to improve everyone's experience, right? Because it's not just the customer experience, it's also the employee experience. And that's the beauty of really doing a lot of this digital experience and customer experience work is you're improving both. And it's very seldom that you will find a customer experience that's great without having an employee experience that's great, right? They go side by side. So starting to build the stakeholders, starting to put points on the board, whether it's through a campaign or whether it's through a website or whether it's through a chat experience or a marketing automation nurture, those were all key ways to show the power and the unlock. Because going back to what we were talking about in the beginning, everything that we were building even if it was in concept phase, was really built to scale. So, um, yeah, that this is all very helpful information. So when you started on the project, um, every project has objectives or KPIs. So how did you measure outcomes? How did you determine your metrics for success? Could you share more about that? Yeah, I mean, so the first thing to do is really measure measure all your inbound points that are what we would call conversion metrics. And what I mean by conversion metrics isn't necessarily a form fill for sales, but for service, for support, and actually getting to successful resolution. So even just taking our existing sites and mapping out what's going on, we put up call tracking and listened to a lot of the phone calls and started to understand exactly what our customers were calling in from. Um, tracking things on Google My Business to understand, okay, what, you know, of the hundreds of calls we're getting here, what, what are the different intents? what's going on and being able to start to share that with the business, right? This website is driving X amount of, of ROI or influence, right? But these tiers of customers are experiencing this friction consistently, as we can see, or, you know, we have coverage between eight and six, but we have a lot in PST. So we need automated flows there to book times for instance, after hours with sales. So those all came from the insights and being able to show the story 
in real time and the impact on the bottom line. Yeah, this is great insight that I know that our audience is going to find very helpful. Um, is there anything else that you would like to share about that experience? Um, you know, anything about, you know, maybe the global um, scope of it? Yeah, I will say we were really lucky that the buy-in came from the top down, right? And whenever you do these transformations, your C-level team has to be bought in that this could be an accelerator to growth, right? Yeah. That this could be the improvement and the unlock that's needed. Because if you don't have that top level buy-in, it's not going to move too far down the line. Great point. Yeah. Uh, so um, on to Goodreads. Um, is there a book, blog, newsletter, website, or video that you would recommend to our listeners? Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot. Um, uh, I might be showing my age a, a bit, but I do like to read books. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm actually reading right now uh, the O'Reilly series, which has quite a few different books in it, but there's a great book around machine learning design patterns. Wow. Uh, so how to look at um, data prep model building and, and how to build your machine learning operations teams. So... You know, as we were saying in the beginning, this is a very humbling field. Uh -huh. Things are moving very quickly. And really, the connection between data and design uh, is is evolving and and getting closer more day by day by day. So really understanding how that works and what the possibilities are is priceless. Yeah, that is so true. Yeah, very true. Um, you know, moving on to inspirational people, um, could you share the names of three or so inspirational people in the B2B space that you recommend we bring to the show in the future? Yeah, I was sitting on a round table uh, a few, well, this time last year. Uh, and I think that that entire round table, I would kind of nominate Yana Eggers, um, who is a brilliant mind um, in the field of AI. Uh, Michael Schrag, who's a, who's a fellow at MIT um, and teaches innovation. Um, and Dave Anderson. Uh, I think all of them can bring in different perspectives around digital and customer experience and, and how, to, how to run it within an organization. Great. Yeah. And there, there's always so much to learn from, you know, from others who have experiences that they're, um, you know, willing to share. And we do appreciate you sharing, um, you know, your experiences with our audience today. Um, so before we go, how can people get in touch with you after this podcast? Yeah. So you can always find me on uh, LinkedIn, my most active channel. Uh, feel free to connect. Um, and I always like to think of the paid forward model. So if there's any way I can help, um, I've fallen into a lot of holes and, and made a lot of mistakes. And that's probably the best way I've learned over time. So if I, if my experience can help you not fall into some of the same mistakes, I'd be more than happy to provide that. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I know our audience will appreciate that. 
Um, I really enjoyed having you on our podcast today. And again, thank you uh, for being on our show and sharing all of this valuable insight with our audience. Thank you. Today's episode is made possible by Demandbase. Demandbase is smarter GTM for B2B brands to help marketing and sales teams spot the juiciest opportunities earlier and progress them faster. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Sunny Side Up. If you liked what you heard, please rate and review us and subscribe to our show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you consume podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube and Demandbase TV. 